Iowa everywhere. All right, guys, what's going on? It is Super Bowl week, and this is kind of a hybrid of the Sage Rosenfels experience. We want to talk about that, the new show here on Iowa Everywhere. And I have on my trusty little notebook a handful of Super Bowl-related questions for our NFL guru, Sage Rosenfels. How was your weekend, my friend? Clones beat Kansas. Always tough to beat that. Good weekend. I did not have a chance to watch that game, but I was FaceTiming with my son. And, you know, he's got his camera or his uh, his phone in, in front of his face. And he kept looking up. I'm like, <laughs> what are, is there somebody else in the room as we're having like this quasi serious conversation about like a summer internship and this and that. And he flips his phone around and it's the Cyclones beating the Jayhawks by about 12. And I was it's like, well, I, I, I see why whatever I'm saying is unimportant because this is obviously more important. And, uh, uh, you know, I, my son went to like four or five elementary schools. And so, you know, we, he, he was uh, born in Dubuque, Iowa and, and lived in Virginia as a baby. And, and of course, Miami for four years, elementary school in Houston, uh, Minnesota, Boulder, Colorado, ended up in Omaha. And yet through all that, he is a Cyclone fan. I mean, he is, he is one of those, he's a fanatic. He absolutely, he calls me after games, you know, why did we do this? Or, uh, but he's, he's uh, basketball is probably more than football is something that he, he loves more. And so he is, is really enjoying watching this team. Uh, despite the fact that it doesn't seem like they have like superstar, they don't have like a superstar, but man, they play so well to go. They move the ball so quickly in offense and, they still got that that great Otzenberger defense, and uh, obviously they're playing great, great basketball right now. I told Bloom last night that I think this might be one of my favorite teams that I've ever watched. They're just they're just like last year's team play hard and did all those things, but like when you're scoring in the 40s, it's it's still like it's not that fun to watch. 50, this year's team 52 is like uh, the average game last year. 55, yeah. 52. It was like, like this year's team up. has all those traits, but they can score 80 if they need to. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of guys who can shoot the basketball. They have, I feel like they have players that can play more than one position on like offense and defense. Uh, and that's always nice to have like a big point guard who can, you know, play more than uh, like defensively can guard more than just a point guard on the other side. It can be sort of multifunctional. And I, it, it's fun to watch. And Gottsenberger is a, a fantastic uh, head coach. Hopefully Iowa State can keep him for a long, long time. Hope so too. Well, let's get into, we'll get into the Super Bowl. Before we do that, I want to talk about your new show and we're kind of just rebranding what Rosenblum was. And we're, we're not kicking Bloom off. Bloom is still on the network. You guys are going to hear from him a lot. But we're having, frankly, issues uh, getting people's schedules to work out, all that stuff. And, you know, th this was kind of a mutual idea that we had. Like, you have all these, like, people, and you have all these crazy contacts and interests. And, and I, I admire it because I'm a lot that way, too. Like, I... I, I had like a ghost hunter on uh, my personal podcast, Halloween, and geeked out. Like I I, I would yeah. love to interview like an astronaut. Like I have all the so I I think it's really cool, and we're gonna call it the Sage Rosenfels experience, where you're just gonna geek out with a bunch of your friends and 
get curious and we'll see where yes, it goes. How, how do you describe it? Well, it's it's very similar to the Jimi Hendrix experience, basically. It's just not music. It's generally sports. No, I, I think the, the thought process was when you asked me to come on the Iowa Everywhere Network and that Brent and I would do a show together, I was like, great, because uh, he was a guy that could – you know, take our show and, and do all the manipulations and the edits and all this behind the scenes. I don't know, that's not my specialty by any means. And uh, but also, I've known him for you know, ten years now. You know, calling Iowa State game uh, seems like about every other year uh, there for a while. One of those early games uh, as far as football. But uh, so I and I, he's got so much information. You know, he's the encyclopedia. But yeah, trying to get he and I to match up on a time with some sort of guest that I was bringing in became more challenging. So next thing you know, it just seemed like more often than not, I was just doing it myself, which made the most sense. I mean, usually the guest that I was bringing in was someone that I had built a relationship with somewhere along my journey, college football, pro football, somewhere along there. Uh, and, and since since my, my, my career ended about 10, 11 years ago, so... It just made sense that it ends up just being a conversation between me and 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 some guest, and so that's sort of the way we decided to go in that direction. I think it's a good way to go. I'm looking forward to it, and you know, there's there's weeks where it's like, hmm, who can I talk about this week? And you sort of look around, whether it's the NFL or other news around the world, and like, oh, that'd be a good guest. And this week, of course, I had Demory Smith on. That was great. Uh, and. And I thought it was, you know, it's a good time. He's He's been there for 13 years. He's coming to the end of his tenure as the executive director of the National Football League Players Association. It's a, it's a big, big job. And it's an interesting job. I always found him as an interesting guy to talk to. Um, and I hopefully the, the listeners uh, got something out of it. So uh, I thought the timing was right, right? That to interview him in March isn't all that exciting, but Super Bowl week, uh, as we as we get into this thing here and sort of in this break in Super Bowl week, I wasn't going to talk about the Pro Bowl or the Pro Bowl games or whatever uh, they're doing now. But uh, yeah, uh, I thought that was a good interview, and and hopefully, you know, almost weekly, I can get somebody uh, that is of interest to to the listeners. And and I, I enjoy the aspect of not being the analyst. I, I have been for yeah ten plus years now, and, and really as a player, you're like an analyst too. Ask me a question, I answer it. And then you get to this role of like, why did the Vikings win or lose this game? And you answer that question. But to be on the other side, sort of of the microphone per se, and be able to ask these questions and of course research beforehand. And yeah, you, you write, I feel like I write down 30 questions and I ask about seven of them. Uh, but it's that's been really enjoyable for me. And in some ways, just to learn about the person, not necessarily about the topic at hand, but actually learn some information about this person that I know, but I don't know, you know, their life story. And I feel like, uh, uh, to me, that's been an enjoyable aspect of, of doing this Sage Rolls and Fuzz Experience show. And we're going to invest in it too. We got you a producer, uh, Aiden Wyatt, who's a, a young man, at, really, really sharp. He loves the behind the scenes stuff. So we're going to make it really sharp with, repurpose clips everywhere and it'll it'll only get better so i'm excited for it it'll be a great great piece every week here or whenever you you're able to do it you you still live a life of a lot of travel and stuff too so it probably won't be every week but regardless. well one of the reasons this uh sort of the podcast show and probably why we call this sage rosenfeld's experience is is because i do travel a lot uh yeah. i'm in omaha that's my 
my main home, my main residence, but um, I do travel around the country to various cities for, you know, various times. I was in Miami last uh, a week and a half ago or so. Well, it's why in Miami? Nothing in particular, just that it's 85 degrees. And uh, that to me is the one place in the country in January. So um, I, I do get to travel, but with those travels, hopefully becomes uh, some interviews as well. So I will be going over to Phoenix on Wednesday and, and hopefully I can get a, an interview or two over there for the Sage Rosenfuss experience. And the Super Bowl is something I enjoy going to every year. And, and I usually don't go to the game. I've only been to the game once, uh, but I enjoy um, the networking, uh, the old relationships that I had built when I was playing. And, and since then, uh, the dinners, meeting up with people. Of course, there are various parties. I'm getting a little old for those parties. It seems like those are mostly for like players and people in their 20s and, and low 30s. But uh, Can't uh, talk, I maybe enjoy- I, I'd tag along with you at the Super Bowl parties if if Brock would have been there. I was just going to be your sidekick. Listen, if Brock would have made the Super Bowl, I, I talked to you. I was like, listen, you guys need to. I was coming need to go down or, or I, whoever because this is a unique. Uh, yeah. You know, Mike Silver covers, uh, he works for, uh, in San Francisco. He covers the 49ers and, you know, longtime NFL writer, Sports Illustrated. And, um, and I, 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 we were just, we were sort of comparing the Brock Purdy. This is like two weeks in. And I was like, Brock Purdy's going to win the Super Bowl this year. And it's, and we're comparing that to the Kurt Warner sort of out of nowhere uh, uh, situation. And, 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 you know, Kurt won, of course, won the Super Bowl, but Mike Silver wrote his book, then being the American underdog movie that uh, I'm sure a few Iowans had a chance to see. All right. Um, before we get into the Super Bowl, I want to encourage everybody to download the Circus Sports Iowa app for the big game coming up on Sunday. The line currently is Circa has the Eagles – as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. If you like Philly, this is a good spot to bet. There's a lot of twos out there across the board. Circa still has Philly at one-and-a-half. Um, also, wanted to throw it out there. If you go to iowaeverywhere.com, this is probably the last day you're going to have to sign up for our big game package with Circa, which includes a $300 gift card for Fairway. Uh, so you can stock up on whatever you need for your big game party. And we are also doing the game watch with Jordan Bohannon and Jared Stansberry out at Wellman's coming up on Sunday. Oh, also, the biggest part of it, if you win the drawing, you get a free trip for two to Circa in Las Vegas. That is sick. It is the best sports book in the world. Um. All right, I have just a bunch of questions jotted down for here for you here. So this is how I see this game. Uh, I lean Philly, and and here's why. I think that I'm the older, like the more we watch, I'm more about the loaded roster than I am the elite quarterback. Mm. I think they have a better roster. I know that Mahomes will be a lot more healthy than the last time we saw him, but... I just, I just like Philly. I, I, that defensive line, I feel like they're going to pressure him a lot. Um, that's just kind of where I am. But that's how I view the Super Bowl. I think it's really interesting. Loaded roster, cheap quarterback versus expensive quarterback. Um, now, the Chiefs are a little different because they got rid of Tyreek Hill, which made their roster better as a whole. But that's what this comes down to to me. I think it's really a fascinating game just when you 
look at roster makeup in the NFL. Yeah, it's like a, a team with superstars. Kansas City, if you if you took all 100 guys or whatever it is, 90-some guys that will dress for this game, and you, you ranked them from, from best to worst, Patrick Mahomes is the best player at the most important position. No doubt. Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in football. Um, Chris Jones is one of the best defensive linemen in football. So I sort of feel like the, the star power wise, the Chiefs have the top talent in this game. But overall, Howie Roseman, the GM of Philadelphia, has done what other teams are sometimes trying to do. And it's, it, this is not some new, really, it's a business model. It's yeah. not a new business model. This really started in the sort of early Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick uh, era of the NFL. So 10 years ago, um, <clears throat> you know, Kaepernick was a second round pick. Uh, Russell Wilson was a third round pick and they ended up being starters. And so the general managers basically said, let's get rid of uh, all this money that goes to the top flight quarterback. And then instead take that money and load up this roster. Let's go out and let's extend guys. We didn't think we'd extend before. Let's go out and sign some big names in free agency. Let's go out and, and add a swing tackle and guard that are expensive that normally we couldn't afford. But now we're, we just want added depth, whether it's the offensive line or defensive line. So you just sort of have this like elevated roster and football is the ultimate team sport. And so it's not like basketball, like, well, hey, if you have Michael Jordan in his prime, I don't yeah. care who you have out there. Football is is different. And no matter who you have out there at quarterback, you have to have an offensive line. You have to have the receivers. You have to have a defense. It's this team sport. So uh, going back to your question, so I, I was at that Philly Vikings game, as as we all recall, oh. early in the season. Blood band. And it, in Philly and Monday night football game, it was a bloodbath. I don't know the final score, 37 to 10 or 31 to seven or whatever it was. was never in it. It was ugly. never in it. It thing was over right off the bat. And I was like, man, this is, this team is really, really good. Um, they've defense, been awesome. Whenever Hertz has played and they've been healthy, they've basically killed everybody. Hertz Here's an interesting stat for you. Hurts when he has, has thrown one interception or less, which I always feel like he's a quarterback. You're going to throw the ball 30, 35 times a game. Throwing one interception is not – you should be able to overcome that as a team, right? Like you're going to throw one where it could be a tipped pass to – Especially now, one. as many times but, as you throw, yeah. In their last 21 games, the Philadelphia Eagles are 20-1 when Jalen Hurts has thrown one interception or less. Wow. Kansas City is right in the middle of the pack defensively. You took these. What I love about the NFL this year is that the best four teams, I, I'd say there's five elite teams in the NFL this year. There's Buffalo, uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, San Francisco, and the Philadelphia Eagles. And those five teams I thought were sort of the class above everybody else. And of course, four of them made it to the championship games. But of all those teams, Kansas City really has the worst defense. They're ranked about 16th. In the NFL on defense, they have a, a you know a couple of really good defensive linemen, but secondary is pretty average. They don't have great cover linebackers. They don't have premier uh, players, and to me, that's going to be the difference. Philadelphia, on the other hand, with that inexpensive quarterback, who's you know you can't squat there and get an inexpensive quarterback. You have to get an inexpensive quarterback that also is dynamic, and and he has vastly improved as a passer, decision maker, 
Um, and he has the body of a running back and he can run when, when, and they use him very effectively. And Jalen Hurts' running ability actually just helps out the Eagles' running ability in general uh, with, with their running backs. And so they're an extremely efficient football team. They have the weapons on the outside when they get those good one-on-one matchups. I mean, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's a classic example of uh, a player that was traded from one team who had salary cap issues to another team that had the space because of the cheap quarterback and because that team wanted to go make a run. And um, and he's he's been a huge, huge value to that team, of course. And then on the other side, they have Devonta Smith, a first-round wide receiver from Alabama, who's who's a really good player as well. Uh, so they, they, and the Dallas Goddard, I mean, by the way, I, I called a Dallas Goddard game, Iowa State versus South Dakota State. And I was like, oh, this kid's, you could just tell he's like, yeah. oh, he's one of those diamonds in the rough at a smaller school that I'll play in the NFL. And he is a very, very good player. So they just, they just don't have any weaknesses. They really don't. They they have like no weaknesses. And, and I think Sirianni does a great job with the roster. And I think he's become a really, really good uh, head coach at a, at a young age. And I think the, the, the Eagles, despite the fact that I'm not a big fan of the Eagles, uh, they're, they're a team this year that uh, I, I don't think Kansas City is going to beat them. All right, I got a couple of stats for you. Uh, these are gambling stats, but they still tell us a lot about the game, I think. So teams with the rushing advantage in the Super Bowl all time are 41 and 15 straight up. If you win the rushing battle, you are 39, 14, and 3 against the spread. So here's another stat. So that's not shocking, right? Like, oh, if you run the football, you win the game. But here this one's interesting when you when you stack it up against that one. Teams that average more passing yards per attempt. Okay? Just average. Mm-hmm. Passing yards per attempt are 44 and 12 straight up. 37 16 and 3 against the spread in Super Bowl games. I guess what is what does that tell us? Tells me a couple of things. Well, one, the running the football stat is always interesting because the team that's it's it's like a, it's like when when you have two candidates that run for president, usually the one that wins has raised the most money in the history of presidential candidates. Well, that sort of go it goes hand in hand type yeah. of thing. So, a lot of times the teams that do win the Super Bowl are the teams that are winning and therefore running the ball more in particular for, for the record the game. for the record the Bengals ran for more than the Rams did last year so it's not yes. perfect but not perfect no yeah. um but I, I think that a couple of things I uh now that so as we get into the matchup of, of those stats Philadelphia's a better running team um this Isaiah Pacheco I'm not sure is that how you say his name yeah the, the Rutgers kid the chief, the Rutgers kid who like <laughs> never ran for more than 800 yards in college seventh round so pick weird now he's you know one of the sort of like probably final four or five guys for rookie of the year it's weird how the NFL works like that um but they're just not a dominant running football team if Kansas City wins it's because Pat Mahomes has thrown 40, 50 times, I, I yeah. feel like. I think they're going to throw it all over the field and try to uh, spread them out and get Kelsey in space and get some of those receivers uh, in some space and, and say, hey, Pat Mahomes, you're going to win this football game. Meanwhile, on the other side, I, I think Philadelphia is going to be like, we're going to grind it out with you know our, our 
good running backs and our, our running uh, quarterback as well. Um, and then just they have a dominant defense. That defensive line is phenomenal that, that Philadelphia has. And so I just don't see Kansas City running the football. And two, I think they're going to get pressure when Mahomes tries to throw it. So I, I, I think it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. And as you said, the um, yards per uh, attempt, is that what it was? The yards per yeah, attempt? Yeah, that was a weird stat, stat so, for me to see a, well, th- I, that you know big of a number there especially against the spread i mean that that's huge 37 16 and 3 just for average attempt but we 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 both know that if you throw the ball 50 times which i feel like i feel like the chiefs are going to throw the ball a lot 45 times that usually the more you throw the ball the shorter your yards per attempt ends yeah. up being right um, a lot of times you'll see a quarterback that was 15 of 22 but they threw for 275 and it's like well that's that's a big uh, a yard per attempt but when you throw the ball a ton you end up going okay well we're not going to run the ball very well in this philadelphia defense so when we throw it we can't just be throwing it down the field all the time our quarterback's going to get crushed and so it ends yeah. up being bubble screens and hitches and slants and those end up being you know, little stick routes those end up really lowering your yards the old per sam bradford average. game plan <laughs> saw that a lot when he was wearing purple <laughs> Oh, God. He was he was accurate though. He was accurate on those. Some of bitch would complete ninety percent of his passes and throw for like one hundred and twelve yards. Like it. well, with Bradford, you didn't want to get him hurt. I mean, that was the whole thing. Is like, listen, yeah. if we take a seven step drop, there's like a twenty percent <laughs> chance our quarterback's going to go on IR, uh, and you know, collect twenty five million and, and do not pass go. I mean, that was sort Jesus. of like the Sam Bradford experience. Uh, you know, as a Viking, we, we could talk about Vikings today. Do we want to talk about Vikings? Today? No, we don't. Talk no, about no, this is no. a Super Bowl show. This is uh, anti Vikings talk here. I'll tell you this though uh, Kirk Cousins played great last night in that seven on seven game. Yeah, he the, is made for that. If he could do without that getting year. hit, yeah, he's perfect in, in that setting. That's that's Kirk Cousins to a T. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, here's another thing to ponder. And there's got to be a reason for this, and it's got to be more than just oh, the Cowboys and 49ers were dominant back in the day. But when I was a kid, it seemed like the Super Bowl was generally a blowout. Yes. Now, they weren't all. Like, I remember Giants-Bills, right? The Neil O'Donnell game. Um, Not Neil O'Donnell. What? Neil O'Donnell's a quarterback for, like, the Steelers. Yeah, he uh, (laughs) wasn't he the... He was the quarterback for the Giants in that year, and then Hostetler mm. came in, right? I believe. No, no. no wait I, a minute. Neil I, O'Donnell was okay. I'm getting my like very average quarterback. Chris winning. O'Donnell was incentive a woman with Al Pacino. Oh, okay, so Bill Sims was hurt, and then Bill Jeff Hostetler came in That's in '91. Right. That's who That's I was right. thinking of. Okay, not Neil O'Donnell. Well, Neil O'Donnell's getting a lot of love here. Maybe <laughs> you could have him as a guest at at some point. But again, it all. seemed like when I was a kid. The Super Bowl wasn't generally that competitive. Well, you, yeah, I, I I was born in 78. So, you know, my dad's from Chicago. So I grew up a Bears fan. And so early Super Bowls for me were like 85. I guess it was the 86 spring or 86 winter. Of course, that Super Bowl was probably on like January 14th. And now it's like a full month uh, later. But that was, of course, a, a blowout. It seems like every time the Broncos were in a Super Bowl, that was pretty much a blowout. Um, and the, um, I'm trying to think. And then the Bills had a couple. They had a couple close wins in there. I think of the four that they were in in a row. But I feel like two of them 
were Dallas, yeah, Dallas like, scored like know. in the fifties. Yeah, like yeah, Dallas just absolutely absolutely killed them. Uh, Steve Young, when he won his Super Bowl versus the Chargers, that was a blowout at sixty-two to something or other. Um, and so, but but as of as of late, I feel like the Super Bowls have gotten better and better and better and and a lot of games coming you know right down really like when the patriots during i feel like when the patriots made their run 2001 that for the most part super bowls have been very very close you know ever since not always great games like the the when the rams lost to the patriots what 13 to 3 that was really yeah. sort of an ugly game but it was still a game down to the wire uh right down to the end it wasn't a blowout but yeah i feel like in the last 20 years there have been very few uh, uh, blowouts well, in the Super Bowl, and they've been a lot of fun to watch. Well, Some coming down to the very, very last play. Do you do you? Is that analytics? Is that the? I mean, cause my theory. This is my theory. You tell me if I'm full of shit. I think analytics, like all the teams, are smarter. Moneyball, yes. that type of stuff, right? They have these tools to compete, even if they're not as talented. And I also think that the, you know, the Mike Leach influence on the game where we're throwing more now and you can take a less talented team and you can, I mean, you're almost encouraged to throw it because the defensive rules are different, right? Like those two things to me is a novice looking in would be a big reason for that. Do, do you buy that? Is there, am I missing something? I think, yes. I think teams are smarter analytics are smarter quarterbacks are better so when they are behind the team you know a team starts to get a lead uh it starts to play a little bit more conservatively naturally to try slow like to to sort of bend don't break on defense quarterbacks are so good nowadays to to bring them back the rules of the game are better for offenses to sort of come back uh when they're behind uh, of all the things though the salary cap the collective bargain agreement has changed everything. Back in those days of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Chicago Bears, and you know those 49ers teams, salary cap was very uh, – what's the word? It was fluid. It wasn't really precise. Yeah. And like even, the, even when the Broncos won their Super Bowls, uh, they may have gotten some trouble for like breaking salary cap rules. It, there wasn't really a hard cap. Um, like there has been for the last, say, 25 years. I think it just gotten more and more precise. Where before it was, um, you could really expand your roster. And so there was a vast array of, uh, within the teams, there was a vast array of how much money, you know, was spent on the roster. I mean, Eddie DeBartolo, the DeBartolo family during those 49ers runs, I mean, I can't say those guys were mafia guys, but supposedly they were sort of mafia guys. And so like they were doing, finding every which way to pay players to come to the 49ers. And so they really did have like a loaded roster that, that you know, the accounting practices were just weren't as precise back then. And as the game has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's, it's become more and more precise from like a salary cap standpoint, from an oversight uh, standpoint. And I think that has added uh, um, value to the parity. We also just did not see the parity in the 80s and, and 90s that we see today. There's so many teams that are hovering around. I don't know what the number is, but you know, seven and ten to ten and seven. That's yeah. like half the NFL this year is just like right there. So you get to like week. I guess it's week 18 now, the 17th game of the year, 
it seems like there's about three quarters of teams still have a chance to make the playoffs. And that's not the way it was uh, back in the day. So I just think the, all the margins, all the fat has gotten cut out and things have just gotten closer and closer and closer. And, and uh, that's why I think that's why the Super Bowls have gotten better and better and have come down a lot of times to the, to the fourth quarter. Interesting. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. Get out of here. I know that you've got you're you're heading off to uh where are we at Phoenix where are you staying Phoenix. you have like a hotel or got a hotel uh, in Scottsdale you know it's an interesting there's uh during when the Super Bowl is in Phoenix it's always the same week as the waste management open the old Phoenix open yeah. um and so it ends up being sort of a hotel crisis I mean Super Bowl is always sort of that way but this year was uh particularly bad so luckily I got it uh, my hotel a couple weeks ago so I didn't get completely killed uh, on the price, but I'll be in Scottsdale. I've got some media stuff on on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, there's an NFL PA function where they do like a Shark Tank for people who are uh, trying to get the NFL PA to invest and also work with, partner with these various companies. I go to that on Wednesday afternoon. That sounds um, awesome. Yeah, I think you know there's these there's these NFL PA uh, events for old players and. Um, and so, yeah, there's just, I, you know, my agent will send me a list of various events to go to. Maybe I'll get a free bag or something, you know, somewhere along the line. I definitely have to buy some swag for my, uh, my seventh grade daughter. She wants that, uh, some a Super Bowl sweatshirt. I think I, all seventh grade kids just wear sweatshirts and leggings. Now that's all my daughter Man. pretty much wears. My, uh, so that my is, seven that, year old's my already there. That's what she wears every day. That's it. So that's, well, she, she's looking up to my daughter who's in, who's, Jeez. you know, 12. So, you know, that's how it sort of goes. But anyway, I have a, a list of things to do. And, and also my parents uh, uh, live in Tucson in the winter time. So hopefully I have a chance to see them as well. So it should be a good week and get out of the Midwestern cold and uh, enjoy that, that Phoenix sun. Tucson's a great city. I love Tucson. More My parents Tucson live in the guy. suburbs, which is just like, looks like the suburbs. But what I love about it is they have incredible sunsets, like the mountains around Tucson. Of course, my parents were at the, the gem show. It's like the most Tucson thing you can possibly do is like two 75-year-old people go to a gem show in Tucson, Arizona. That, that, what the hell is that? Much. Like the you know, rocks? People that like have gems? Like, yeah, like little gems and rocks and... You know, they make art out of them and, and various things like that. It's Interesting. Tucson. If, you, if you don't know about a gem show, you don't know anything about Tucson, Arizona. They're like Apparently not. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm politicking for Arizona to get into the Big 12 just so I can go on. I like Tucson. It's it's like a nice mix between city and it's like still historic. And it they haven't they haven't gone crazy down there. I like no, it. and it's not that big of a city. It's uh, it feels like Mexico. The, the hiking around Tucson is is really incredible. We did a a, a visit at the University of Arizona. Is it, is it Arizona University? University of Arizona, probably. Uh, a year or two ago, with my daughter, she was interested in going there, and I loved that campus. Really, a, a, a gorgeous uh, campus, sort of like Iowa State. It's just like all right there there's yeah. no yeah. streets running through it like within the town it's very centralized and of course you see the mountains and you know there's nothing prettier than like a sun setting behind a mountain range in the background and, and you get a lot of that uh, in tucson arizona so uh, my parents just love being outdoors in the sun and that's that's their that's the reason they went down there you know the midwest is it's hard to be outdoors it's a lot of days of gray and we we actually our family yesterday it was like 45 degrees and we all went outside and the girls like rode their bikes and like we were acting like it was 90 out. 
You have to. I, I think <laughs> literally you you, yeah, you, take you have to find a way to get a uh, big believer in the vitamin D. I, I had this conversation with the doctor and they're like, you know, if you if you looked at people that are sick a lot of times, if you tested them, most of them have a, some sort of vitamin D deficiency in, in the Midwest, upper Midwest, especially just because it's so cold and we get so many gray days and you oh. just end up having a, a weaker immune system. So uh, I try to get as much as possible. I'm currently in Austin, Texas. Yesterday I was in shorts and a t-shirt, 75 degrees uh, yesterday. Bad. So well, I'll, uh, you take me with you to Tucson, and I'll, I'll I'll take you with me to Vegas. We can go stay at Circa. We'll, that sounds that sounds wonderful. By the way, hopefully Brock Purdy uh, recovers from this injury. I don't I don't know what information you know. I think it's all sort of. We don't know yet. I hear I mean, like five it, different things, so I'm just waiting to hear from the source at this point. What? A, yeah, what a, what a tough deal. But uh, actually, I talked to Drew Brees about it a little bit. He had uh, his elbow repaired. He had UCL injuries also, and so it's not. It is something that you can come back from. So hopefully, he can come back for it and still play next year. Um, if not, uh, I tell you what. Even if he has to take a year off and sort of like a redshirt year. He proved uh, himself to the entire National Football League in his rookie season to go out there. I know he had a really good football team. I know he's got a good coordinator, great defense, but it's hard to win seven games in a row. Nearly impossible in the National Football League uh, as a rookie, and and Brock Purdy did that, and and, uh, he really should be proud of the way he competed this year. And I think as an Iowa State fan, it was really, really fun to see sort of Purdy mania uh, take the NFL by storm this year. I uh, did something I haven't done in 20 years. I bought a Brock Purdy rookie card. Ah, there you go. Putting it up in a little frame and just going to sit back on that and let's see if it turns into Tom Brady in 20 years. Yeah, you're going to retire in 20 years. It's unbelievable. That's I haven't bought a card. <laughs> I, I Again, like I used to – everybody did it when they were kids. I haven't done that. It's been well over 20 years. I mean, would, would you like me to send you a uh, Sage Rosenfels rookie card? I have a I would, box of them. I would love that. Be- you would? Because I actually thought, like, it was kind of fun. Like, what I might do is just buy the Iowa State guys rookie cards. Yeah. And that's the only cards I'll buy because I, I yeah. don't care. Like, I'm not into this. But it'd be cool to have, like, you know, George Niang rookie card, Monte Morris rookie. It just, and that's Reese all Hall. I have. NFL wise, NFL wise, um, you know, there's this thing called the rookie premiere, which is sort of like the quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, and then other positions that are like first rounders are all invited to this, uh, this basically card photo shoot. Um, They, I feel like it moves around. It's probably more in Los Angeles. Now when I did it, it was at the, was it the citrus bowl? What, what, what did, uh, uh, in Orlando, where the camp, the Camping World Bowl, that stadium, yeah, where Iowa yeah. State played Notre Dame a couple of years ago, we did yeah. ours there. But basically, all the you know the tops and the Don Russ and uh, Upper Deck, all these yeah. they, they show up and they do photo shoots for for all these players. But of course, and they give you you know here's a thousand of our card, and you need to sound a, sign a thousand of them, and you're going to get you know seven bucks a card or something that for just sign your name sign your name to and then you send them back to them but then they give you like here's 50 more just for yourself and so i have this like i said i have this like box of all these random rookie cards i uh, I would love i would love a sage rosenfels rookie card that would make my day i want a Brees hall rookie card because next year he's going to blow it up i I actually think that that's a good buy low right now because most people have forgotten about him 
I bought one of those too. So those are my two. Those are my two cards that I have. He's got a new uh, offensive coordinator. Is that right? Did they did they end up getting a, a hire? I feel like they they, they yeah let go they of did. I, Lewis brother Mike and and they've yep. I'm trying to think is it Nathaniel Hackett? Is he the new? I don't know coordinator there. I saw Brees. Sure. I shook his hand on Saturday. I didn't really talk to him much though. He was at Hilton and and I couldn't help but think watching these people there. I mean there was a line. He probably took pictures for thirty to forty five minutes after the game on the floor at Hilton. And I, I couldn't help but remember the controversy when he wore the number 28. People were like, ah, oh, that's Troy's. And, and like some people are still pissed off about that. And I just remember Campbell being like, I promise he'll earn it. And now you look at him and he's this just this absolute stud. Yeah. And it's just a, a wild, wild deal. But yeah, really good dude. It was good to see him. Kohler was there. And Owazarike, so they had three of the NFL guys were all back. Every single year, it seems like uh, Coach Campbell is getting more and more guys to the next level. And uh, that's really a tribute to him and his coaching staff. Not only they are recruiting more talent, but it seems to me they're developing that talent because as as soon as Brock got to the NFL, as soon as Brees got to the NFL – uh, you know, Charlie, when he got at the end of the season, when he, when he got out there and he was healthy, they're productive. And, um, yeah. and I think that, that, you know, Matt, I said, Matt does a great job of obviously recruiting more NFL talent to the team, but also, uh, developing that talent is a huge part of college football. All right, brother, enjoy your weekend and week in the sun. I will stay here freezing in Iowa. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Appreciate you. He's Sage Rosenfels. I'm Chris Williams. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And Sage will be back either next week or the week after that. We'll find out. Later. Iowa everywhere.